All right, guys.、Um, welcome back to another episode of Hundred、uh, Books There with Kevin. Today we're going to talk about when an empire has been through the rise phase, right, the rapidly、uh, building phase, and then they hit the top. They have become the number one nation of the whole world. What happens, right? What are some of the、um, early seeds of decline that you might run into? And I think it's a very Subtle transition.、Um, Ray argues that over time your obligation piles up, and then you start to break down the self-reinforcing circumstances that fuel the rise. So, in one way of thinking about it, the rise has been completed, and then everybody started to、uh, conduct a different behavior, and the most importantly is. From a、uh, macroeconomics perspective, from a、uh, from a financing perspective, things are changing as well. So let's dive into it, right? So, country ABC has become the number one nation、uh, in the whole world. Everybody in that nation has become rich and powerful. There are more than before. It makes them more expensive and less competitive in the long term, right? Meaning that other developing country can do similar work cheaper. Um. And with you, right, Nation ABC being the top of the、um, whole world, other countries can start to copy you. Can start to can can start to like copy your your um your uh, technology. Can copy your um innovation. Um. So, in a sense, that it reduces your competitiveness from that point on. Uh, Ray gave an example where、um, the British ship builder hired Dutch designer to design better ships, and then they're actually being built in the UK because that they're less they're less expensive.、Um, so the British workers are actually less expensive compared to Dutch workers. Now moving on, people that are living in the number one nation on the whole world, as they become Better become richer, they tend to not work as hard. They enjoy more leisure. They pursue finer, less productive things in life, and then they become a little bit more complacent, if you will. Right. So, the entire workforce, their output will go down, and the the value changes from generation to generation, so rises to the top as well. So the new new uh, uh, generation, um, it become less. Uh, Ray put it battle-hearted, and then、uh, they probably want to enjoy more of the luxuries in life, and then makes them more vulnerable to to like challenges. Now, going off of that, borrowing money started to increase. I was like, when I first you know、uh, reading this, I was like,、mm, really, right? So as a nation, you know, came to the top, they are started to borrow more, and I was like, hmm. Don't they have more, quote unquote, right? Like resources to like spend. Like why? Why are they borrowing it, right? Here's what Ray Dalio said: As people get used to doing well, they increasingly bet on good times continuing, so they start to borrow money to do that. So in a sense, you get greedy, right? You kind of get like get、uh, converted into this high a、uh, high line a、uh, high life or a high lifestyle, and then that leads to financial bubbles. So. In the capitalistic forms, 
financial gains come unevenly so that the wealth gap grows. So they also probably are influenced by political systems to their advantage, and then they give greater privilege to their children as well. So you start to see this wealth gap or education gap or income gap widen as the company is at the top. So their living standards, we talked about this before, right, are still rising. So these type of income gap will still boil over into conflict. So during the top, right, at this very glorious, um, <laughs> right, uh, you are the, uh, you know, you are the, um, what's the term, the leader of the whole world, right? Having a reserve currency gave you a very, very big advantage. Here's why. Because you're able to borrow more money and then it gets deeper into debt. You're allowed to do that because you are the, uh, you are the uh, reserve currency. So what we see most likely when a company reaches the top is they began to borrow excessively, which contribute to the country building up large debts with foreign lenders. Um, well, it might boost the spending power in the short term, but it actually weakens the country's financial health, right? It's actually pretty straightforward, right? It's kind of like when you have a person without credit card debt and a person with credit card debt, which one do you think is more productive financially or has better financial health comparatively? Obviously, the person without any credit card debt, right? So borrowing and spending are going strong. People are working less. The impair sometimes appears very strong, but the finances, in fact, are being weakened because of the borrowing to sustain the country's spending power or power in general beyond their fundamentals. So they might look strong, but they are probably not that strong. And the cost of defending the empire or maintaining the empire is really, really high, and it becomes unprofitable. An example Ray gave is the British Empire became a massive bureau a bureaucratic nation, and then they kind of lost their competitive powers, right? And then he he argues that um, it allows Germany to be on the rise and then um, leading a uh, expensive arm race and then the world war. So this entire mentality switch after a nation has gone to the top is they start to borrow more money and a poorer country, they save more. So this is kind of the early signs of the power shift, if you will, um, that kind of got started, you know, in the U.S. in the 1980s, we like the U.S. has a uh, per, per, uh, per capita income of 40 times of the Chinese uh, counterparts. And then we start to borrow from the Chinese who want to save in dollars because, you know, dollars is a worse the world's reserve currency. So we kind of paint a picture of what is actually might happen when somebody uh, go, uh, went to the top. And here's the thing, right? Is if the empire begins to run out of new lenders, those holdings of their currency begin to look to sell and get out rather than buy, save, lend, and get in. So here is where you see when other people are trying to clear, uh, clear their balance sheet, the empire began to fall. 
So hopefully, we've covered enough scenarios here for you to think about. Okay. My biggest takeaway in this particular few chapters is 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 this. Uh, we're 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 looking at most likely is a what's the term behavioral change, a mindset change. Is there you know circumstances that um a nation went to the top and then they are still behaving like a like a um a poor nation who is trying to go to the top. I don't know enough about history to give you an example, but Ray Dalio said no. Um, so this is something that I feel like is applicable to personal finance as well, right? Let's say you hit your goal. Let's say you become I don't know um, financially wealthy, millionaire, tens of millionaires, a hundred million. Can you still main main like maintain the mindset of? Hardworking spirit, right? Save, invest, do all the right things. Not like not not to, to get into debt too much. Can you still do that? I think it's the most important part, right? So one thing is about like, we're we're talking about the nations, about larger you know fi- larger financial trend, but it's also really important we're here talking about its personal mindset as well because it's that personal mindset. Once we become well off, once uh once we become wealthy. That is the beginning of the end for the empire going downhill. Hopefully, that makes sense for you guys. All right, perfect. So thank you guys for listening to listening to this podcast. And uh, if you like the podcast, share it with your friends and then subscribe. And we're gonna cover the decline on the next episode. Alrighty, thank you so much. Have a good day.